Greetings. This is Justin Allen with the Elite Nurse Practitioner. Welcome to the Elite Nurse Practitioner Show, a podcast dedicated to nurse practitioner entrepreneurism and achieving financial freedom, where I talk directly with nurse practitioners who need help. Listen up. Our market is saturated. Jobs can be scarce. We are underpaid. We are undervalued. We are taken advantage of by the sharks within the healthcare system. And frankly, screw that. Sick of it. And it's time for a change. And listen, I'm here to help make that happen. We are powerful. We can forge a path where we are in control of our career and ultimately our financial and personal well-being. You do not need to submit to healthcare administrators and your doctor overlords. You do not have to take the measly salary. You do not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. There is a different way, and I'm here to show you that path. This podcast is raw and unfiltered. I have not talked to nurse practitioners in this podcast prior to the call outside of an email exchange to schedule the episode. What you're about to listen to is a consultation session between a nurse practitioner and myself. It is real, it is unscripted, it is unplanned, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Anything and everything can happen during our conversation. The nurse practitioners in these episodes are struggling with an issue in their professional or financial life, and they have reached out to me for help. My goal is to help a nurse practitioner with actionable advice that will enhance and improve their professional, business, and financial life. My other goal is to hopefully help my nurse practitioner sisters and brothers build a more productive, powerful, and free life. So I hope the content and information within these podcast episodes does just that. All right, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, we'll be talking to Kayla, who is a family nurse practitioner. Currently, she's operating her own aesthetics and IV hydration practice full-time. She started this practice about a year ago, and it is doing fair. She's needing assistance with adding additional services into her practice to increase patient volume and practice revenue. She also needs help with the various considerations surrounding business credit and how to grow her practice. Hey, Kayla, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for hopping on here. Hope that I can help you out. So let's be with where you're at. How long have you been a nurse practitioner for and what kind of things you've been doing? Okay. I have been a nurse practitioner for a little over four years. I practice in Kentucky. So once we hit that four-year mark, we are able to prescribe without needing a collaborating physician. So basically independent, yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> All right. So that was nice to not have to have that requirement this year for the business side. My background is I started out in pediatrics as a nurse. I've done clinical teaching. I've done in-home infusion therapy for several years as an RA. As the nurse practitioner, I worked in a little clinic and then COVID hit. And the company that I worked for also owned Urgent Cares. So they actually closed the couple little clinics they had and pushed everything to urgent care, but did not take us with them to train in the urgent care aspect. So I took a job and learned long-term care. And I did that for a little over a year, which was very rough because I started right as COVID shut everything down and long-term care and managing very chronic illnesses and things like that in the elderly population. No specialists wanted to see them. They didn't want them traveling outside of the nursing home. They wouldn't even let them out of their rooms. So just lots of psych issues, chronic management. It's very overwhelming for a new nurse practitioner. Sure. So I actually found a job doing in-home infusions that paid me more as an RN to do that than the nurse practitioner job I had. So I took that to get out of that setting for a little bit and take a mental break. I did that for about eight or nine months. And that's when the conversation happened with my husband for what the next step is. I have this degree. Y'all want to use it. Um, 
And I had already kind of toyed around. My mom is a retired nurse. My husband is also a nurse. He does travel nursing. So I had kind of talked to them about doing IV hydration before COVID kind of hit. And so out of that blossom, the conversation, why don't we get the business a go? He's making, you know, great money doing travel nursing, can kind of support us personally and let me kind of be in the business to get that off the ground. And then obviously my mom's a big help. She's got, you know, 30 years of nursing experience and she was a manager of a private home care agency. So yeah, they wanted to kind of add the aesthetic side. So we kind of did everything all at once. We have a location that is in a bigger city. Um, so it's a little more saturated as far as the aesthetic side goes. But as far as IV hydration, we have four mobile nurses that will go out and do visits. And we are only one of two companies in the city that do mobile hydration. But we also have an office. So we have like an IV lounge set up inside our office as well in the mobile aspect. And then we also, my mom is retired. So where she lives is about an hour and a half away from this bigger city. And she was in the hair salon talking about our business we were going to be starting. And through that conversation, she actually rents a room in that hair salon now. And the aesthetic side is actually doing really well in the rural area. It's kind of been what's covering us. It's been what's, you know, paying the bills really for both locations. The IV side just hasn't taken off like we thought maybe it would. And I feel like it's not as profitable as it could be. So that's where we're at. We've had to, you know, we've paid the bills up until this point and made a little extra, but we are carrying some business debt. And the last few months we've had to put money into it to kind of keep the cash flow going. So we've all kind of had the conversation that if by the end of the summer, we're not doing much better, we may be looking at trying to get somebody to take over our lease in the bigger city office and maybe keep the more rural office until, you know, it either grows and becomes really profitable or we would keep it going to, you know, pay the bills that we have and close the tractor for good, so to say. Gotcha. Okay. So you're, you're pretty much just doing aesthetics and Ivy. That's pretty much what you're doing. You're not really doing a lot of anything else. Okay. No. And so break down the numbers for me here just real quick. Um, general expenses uh, monthly right now. We're looking at about 4500 a month between both. Well, that's not that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. Okay. Okay. 4500 bucks. How much revenue did you bring in? From June to the end of last year, our gross sales was 42000 Okay. It's not terrible. What about this year? Last few months? Uh, so far, we really haven't been busy. So I actually had a baby at the end of January. So the last two months, I haven't been as in the business, you know, newborn life. So we've been a little slower because I haven't been in the one office as much. We've made about 8000 so far this year. So far this year. Okay, gotcha. So you're looking at... You're making like twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars a month right now. So it's slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you working a lot into it? I mean, kind of walk me through just like a basic, like just an average day for you. Um. So right now the baby's gotten on a little bit of a routine. So what I've actually been doing, we have a lot of help as far as childcare. So I'm right now I'm two days a week, Wednesdays and Fridays. I'm typically in the office physically like the whole day. Um, the other days of the week, I'm trying to 
work from home, like work on the business. I'm getting ready. I think I'm going to start doing Saturdays as well. Well, wait a second, wait a second here. So, you know, first off, you adding another day, is that really going to bring in more revenue? Like, why aren't you busy the days that you're there? I mean, only $4,500, I mean, you know, $3,000 a month in revenue, that's not that much. Like, you're not really doing a whole lot, right? No. Right. So I don't think opening up another day is going to fix the problem. So like, what's the underlying issue here? Like, why aren't you profitable? Let's try to figure that out. Because I think that's really what's going to fix the issue. So what are you doing from a marketing standpoint right now? So right now, a lot of it is social media. Um, okay. We have some Facebook ads running. We do have Google ads for the IV hydration side. I'm currently working on putting like a marketing packet together. So derby time is coming up and Louisville, Kentucky, where our biggest business or like our one location is in this bigger city. So there's a lot of festivities this whole next month, you know. Derby weekend is a big weekend. So we've got some marketing things together. We're going to go around next week and start seeing if we can't get some connections with hotels. You know, lots of visitors are going to be coming into this city and things like that for the IV side. And then we've got some aesthetic deals that we're going to be doing. I've got like a list of places. I think it's just the time. Like ultimately, that's what it comes down to is the time spent in the business. You know, we opened last June. I was pregnant. I was sick a lot. Sure, and I sure. think it just comes down to now the baby's been born and I, that's been my focus. And the business just hasn't been the number one thing, even though it should have been. Nah, wah, shut up. Come on, your baby should have been number one. Don't say that. Well, as far as like planning wise. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah, like I, you know, I just had my baby four months ago and like seeing my wife go through the pregnancy and stuff like that. Gee, starting a business would have been difficult. So let me, let me, let me applaud you first and foremost for doing that while doing that. Okay. That's pretty impressive. Um, so anyways, though, okay, so things are kind of starting to calm down now and chill out a little bit. So yeah, so you can start both focusing more on the business, right? So I guess from a marketing standpoint, first and foremost, I ask this pretty much for everyone. What are you doing in terms of your online presence? Can people find you easily? You have your Google business listing, you have reviews, you have all this stuff. Yes. So we do have a Google business listing. We actually have two. We have one for each location. So we just started the second one. Um, we've sent messages out to people with a link, like asking them to leave us reviews um, on Google. The IV side, I only have 10 Google reviews. Like even though I message people and ask them like to leave us reviews. It, yeah, you know, people. Doesn't right. always happen. You got to ask for the review right at the time of service. So if you actually search for us, like if you're searching for IV hydration therapy in our main location, unless I'm paying for like a Google ad to be running, we don't come up on that like first page because there are places that you can go into like doctor's offices and get IV hydration. And so because their reviews like say IV hydration or because they have that listed as a service and they've been around and they're a little more established than us, they just come up higher. But they don't offer mobile IV hydration. And some well, of them don't even offer IV hydration if you're not like their primary care patient as well. That's going to separate you from the rest, right? You do the mobile stuff. Yeah. So your Google business listing literally needs to say that, like in the title, mobile IV hydration, we come to you. Like, I mean, that's pretty much what it needs to say. Like, that's what's separating you from the rest of them, right? Mm -hmm. Do you really need to hound that? I mean, you know, a lot of places, uh, IV hydration clinics, five infusion clinics, stuff like that. I mean, it's, 
pretty saturated, so it's very hard to break into it. And so if you're mobile, I think that you really need to make sure that that's, that's the point that you hammer across, okay? But that's just going to be one service line here. I mean, there's other things that are in demand as well. I guess break this down for me real quick. So you have IV infusion and you have aesthetics. How much money are you making off each one? Like what's the percentage of this you know, revenue coming from, from both of those services? Um, we make more of the aesthetic side. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers to tell you that. Okay, sure. The IV side is bigger and like the IV side makes more and has more patients and more volume in our bigger city location. Whereas the aesthetic side is what is big in our more rural location because where my mom is at and where she's practicing out of at that second location, it's an hour drive any direction to a major city. I got you. So people are getting stuff done there because they're like hey you know we don't have to drive which is great and that grew or very organically up until about december and then it was kind of like after december we just kind of had this lull which january from what i've heard tends to be slow for everybody Jan january february is usually fairly slow yeah so that's just kind of that, that comes along with it okay and plus there's been you know recession fears and some stuff like that there's a lot of things that are out of your control so don't take it personally i mean even my mental clean was you know a little slower in january february this year anyways though so how much are you making in the more rural location uh, it sounds like you're probably doing better there is what it sounds like well, they, the aesthetic, like doing bone walks and fillers in the more rural area has definitely, because our rent there for the salon room is only $300 a month. Right. So it doesn't cost us a lot to be there. And that has essentially like covered us and paid the bills most months. Like when we first opened the IV side, it was summertime. There were a lot more events going on. We got so in country clubs and did some events and things like that. So the IV side started off really well and paid the bills. And, but probably since like September... The rural location, the aesthetic side there has been covering us. like Covering both businesses. But with aesthetics, the thing is, it's covering the bills, but we're not always paying off the bill where we bought the product. Is the right. key there. So basically what you're saying is, is that you're making more money at the smaller location. Yes. Okay. So I don't know. Did you read the article I just published about small towns or gold? I did. And I actually uh, went back um, on my drive yesterday. I actually went back and listened to that podcast that you mentioned yeah. on as well, too. So. Yeah. There's been a couple podcasts that we've had where, you know, the nurse practitioner is just absolutely kills in the small town. And this is just proof of it again. You basically said it here. Like, there's an hour drive in every direction from this town yes. for these people to get any kind of services, right? And so... Yeah, so I think that's where my thought process is. But because yeah. we're in a hair salon, you so know... What? Men's health, I'm kind of like, are men really going to come in there if I had men's health? Or do I want to look at doing more of like the medical weight loss? Right. You know, so it's kind of just trying to decide. I do think adding a service line like that, where you have people paying that like monthly package and you have kind of hopefully that steady stream of income. I did a lot of research and prep for this talk today. And if you Google like medical weight loss in my zip code and the zip codes that touch me, nothing comes up except for those bigger cities that are an hour drive away. Wow. Um, same thing with men's health. Cause the town that my mom is closest to is smaller, but it's right in the middle of two sure. kind of bigger towns, so to say. So the small town has about 1300 people in it. The other right. one has 3000 on one side. And on the other side, if you go 25 minutes, there's 6,400. In all these counties, there's about 100,000 
plenty, more than enough, okay? You only need 100 or 200 patients to have a pretty profitable practice. So more than enough, all right? So I feel like that instead of trying to reinvent the wheel here and try to get into a very competitive market, just try to break in that can be difficult. You have a practice that you started later and it's more profitable. It's right. cheaper to operate. Like, I think you'd be foolish not to pretty much focus on that predominantly. Like, I really do. Like, I feel like that your energies need to be focused there. You know, yeah, it sucks that you spent money and time and stuff on this practice in the city. And I'm not saying close it down, don't do that. But what I'm saying is that I'm saying that you should be focusing on the other small town. That's where the lowest barrier entry is. And that's where you're going to make your money. Um, Which is our thought process as well. Yeah. Because um, like our location in the other city where we ended up renting, it's centrally located. It's the perfect spot. I just got the landlord to agree to let us have, it's not like exactly street, but I just got him to agree to let us have a sign out for six months because he doesn't have a marquee. So I think that's been kind of our factor there too. So we're getting ready to put a sign out front, have some more road sign, like frontage basically where sure. everybody the traffic will see it more too as far as finding us but actually in that location too it's a bigger suite so we actually have three rooms that we could rent out nobody seems to want to like sign that agree even a month-to-month -month agreement to rent those rooms out so that was a thought process do we want to try to take our money that we're gonna have to put in and like do marketing and try to grow this more rural area or do we want to look at hiring, you know, complimentary service providers like an esthetician, even if it's like two days a week in the other business and, you know, try to just draw in foot traffic. And once they're in the door for something, then they're there for kind of everything or just put money into just doing marketing in these bigger towns around our small town and trying to grow this rural practice. Yeah, I feel like you should focus on um, the small town and the lowest barrier entry services. So like weight loss. I mean, it's pretty cheap to start. It's in demand. You know, it doesn't really require a whole lot to get started with it. Same thing with hormone replacement therapy. You know, they're they're cheap. Subleasing space to other people. That's not really going to be that profitable of a thing. You need to focus on what's going to generate profit for your business, not subleasing space and making $500. It's a drop in the bucket. It's nothing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that weight loss services, hormone replacement therapy, it's a no-brainer. It's safe. It's cheap. It's effective. It's in demand. I mean, you could do it at that salon if you wanted to. So I guess my follow-up question to you is that, say that you did that. Let's say you do weight loss and HRT, just something very, very simple to start, right? Say you do those two things and you integrate it into both practices, all right? But you focus a little bit more time on the smaller practice in the small town because it sounds like word of mouth can get around pretty quick there and, you know, shouldn't be very expensive to market there. So if you do that, how are you going to divide your time in between the city practice and the small town practice? How married are you to the big town practice? I think the thing with the big town practice that makes my heart heavy and makes me feel bad if I'm not there in that business is that. The rent there is, you know, 2200 a month. And, Ooh. you know, we have like a security system or like that is where our mobile nurses come in and out of. So like that's my thought process. If we can kind of do both at the same time, get the IB side going and then the mobile nurses are working and making money for the business without me having to be there, then I can focus on 
doing more with this rural location. And if that means finding maybe somewhere else to rent or just staying where we're at until it grows and then seeing what space we might need, then I would be able to, you know, spend so many days a week there and then so many days a week in the bigger city office. We do have help with childcare, but my mom is some of that help as well. So and she's working in the business with us. So I think toying around with it, I'm trying to stay to where I'm at least working like three days a week in the business. Because again, my husband, he does travel nursing. So he's gone half the time. He stays in the town where he works. So he goes, he does his three in a row and he comes back. So right now it's just kind of balancing everything. Yeah. I mean, it can be difficult. An easy way to decide on where you need to focus is where the money is. Okay. That's that easy. Okay. Like just keep that in mind. Focus where the money is. All right. Don't focus on what's not producing money. It's just stupid too. It's just don't. It's a waste of time. This is what I would do if I were you. Let's just do a weight loss and HRT, for example. Okay. Uh, low barrier to entry, pretty easy to start. I say implement those services into your practice. Both locations is fine. Update your website, whatever. And see kind of what happens. All right. You can maybe spend a little bit of money marketing it. Maybe make the refocus on your website for maybe the weight loss because it's in demand. I guarantee you that small town, people are looking for weight loss treatment. Probably looking for HRT as well. So I would say do those things, see what happens, and then focus your energy in on where the money's coming in. And I I just have a feeling it's going to be that small town. I just, I really do. Like, I feel like that's probably going to blow up a lot faster than the big town because I guarantee you in that big city that you're in, there's probably weight loss clinics. There's probably HRT practices. Any of those three cities, like I said, that we're in the middle of that you drive an hour to, like they have all of these things. They're not all equal in their size, but they all have these things. So I definitely think like we'd have to put some money into like marketing some of the bigger towns like around us that are about 20 minutes away. And then try to drive those people to us versus going further out the opposite direction, if that makes sense. Because we're kind of in the middle. The, uh, the small town's in the middle, right? Yeah. The yeah. smallest town is in the middle, and that's where we're working. Yeah. That's where you're at, right? I think yeah. putting some marketing out to some of the places that are around us would be beneficial. I guess Absolutely. For- weight loss and the hormone replacement therapy. Having taken your courses, I've looked at as far as you know, just kind of deciding which one to do first, or would you say just take them both, jump in and just. Nah, I'd go with the weight loss first. Okay. I think it's going to have your, probably the highest return on investment. Yeah. I mean, HRT is pretty simple too, but there's a little bit more to it, so to speak. I mean, with lab monitoring and contraindications and, you know, a variety of different things. Weight loss is relatively simple to learn and implement, in my opinion. I mean, HRT is too, but I think weight loss is easier. So you could do that. I would say start with that course and then integrate those things into your practice, you know, the two locations and see what happens. From a marketing standpoint, I would market this regionally, like you said, kind of in between the cities, you know, 10 mile radius from the practice, 10 to 20 miles kind of right in there. So when you're doing your Google search ads, you know, 10 to 20 mile radius, same thing with your Facebook ads, that sort of a thing. So do some very, very targeted geo marketing. So just market in that specific area from a digital standpoint, and then maybe consider a billboard here and there or something, because like, you know, a lot of these smaller towns, if there's a billboard, I mean, everybody's going to see that billboard, right? So it's pretty effective because when you're driving through a big city there's billboard after billboard after billboard after billboard but these smaller cities you know there's only just a couple billboards in town and usually it's a lot more effective so you might want to maybe consider something like that 
Also consider marketing in areas where the patients are at. So like if there are any gyms, places where healthier, maybe more wealthier people are hanging out at in that general area, then see if you can get some advertisements in there as well. But the great thing is about these smaller towns and these smaller cities is that word of mouth tends to spread a lot faster and seems to be a lot more effective compared to a bigger city. So I think if you just do that and keep it very focused and very simple, I think it'll pay off in just a matter of a few months, I'm sure. Yeah, that's where just like my brain has been is like which direction to go. Like I had all these ideas, to-do lists and things like that, ideas and things to do. And it's just when you sit down to do stuff, it's where do you start? It's not necessarily the analysis paralysis. It's just You've just got so, I feel like I just have so much to do. Yeah, it's not analysis paralysis, it's overload paralysis. You're just, there's way too much stuff going on in your head. Way too much stuff you're trying to focus on at one time. That is more paralyzing than analysis paralysis, in my opinion. So just listening to you talk, I mean, definitely you have a lot of ideas in what direction do you go. I think that just that one focus direction will probably uh, be the biggest return on investment uh, from a mental and time standpoint, Okay. The mobile ID clinic that you have in the bigger city, don't spend too much time on it. Continue to try to grow it, but don't dump a bunch of money into it. You're in a competitive area. You're in a saturated area. It sounds like you have a very nice office in a good spot. So, you know, try to see if we can turn this around for it to be a little bit more profitable. And I think just integrating a couple of new services into it might do that and not really cost you a fortune. So switching from that to the other topic was that you were talking about some considerations on maybe taking out some more business debt is what you were thinking about? Essentially. So we have total into everything and remodeling everything and getting stuff off the ground. You know, we probably put in about 20,000 because we did remodel the location in Louisville that we, the bigger city that we have. And so that took about 5,000. And then that includes like buying some of the furniture and stuff, all that that goes in there. And then the turn, just setting everything up about 20,000. And since then, we're looking at about 30,000 on credit cards that we've like paid to be a part of like events that didn't really turn into getting people in the door, didn't make us our money back kind of thing. Um, and again, the aesthetic side, aesthetics is just a major learning curve uh, that I was not fully aware of you know my mom and my husband thought that would be a great idea to add it and you know I'm like okay let's do it and then you get it I didn't do a whole lot of research before that and so that's where a lot of the debt comes from is they give you so many days of financing and let you order the product but then we haven't necessarily sold all of that product so to say yet and also we've used that money as it comes in and as we do people's Botox and fillers we use that money to pay the bills not pay for the product back, if that makes sense. Um, I've talked to our bank now and I've talked to a bank in the smaller town as far as like looking at a business loan, just so it's not our money that we're constantly like trying to put into getting it going, you know, name. It wouldn't be like in our personal name, one in the same when it comes down to it. Um, Oh no, you're still going to be responsible. Don't think that you can just put in your business's name and declare bankruptcy for your business. You're responsible. You're going to be the one that signs it. Okay. Well, and ultimately, I think like that's my idea. Not necessarily if it fails, but I'm like, if one really doesn't take off, we'll keep the rule. We'll do our Botox and fillers and things that we have that people want. And I'll just do that until the business stuff is paid off and I'll get a full-time job and we'll go to the next thing or how that goes. I think it's just finding the right thing that works, but 
yeah, we just try to look into like building business credit that way. I guess yeah. I really don't know where I'm going with that. Yeah, you need to avoid as much debt as you possibly can here, okay? I mean, you're still responsible for that money at the end of the day, you know? You're just basically putting the expenses that you could be putting into it now, the money into it now. You're just pushing it off into the future. That's literally all it is, okay? So you're still responsible for it. You're still going to have to pay it back. Like you're still going to have to, you're still going to have to deal with it. How much money in debt do you have in this thing now already? Like $30,000, $40,000? That's what we're carrying right now. Right now about 30,000, yeah. I would highly suggest if you can to try, really try not to put much more debt into this if you can. You know, the last thing you want to do is to try to keep a sinking ship from sinking by pumping more money into it to use to repair holes and stuff. Like, I don't want you to do that. I'm not saying this is a sinking ship. I'm not saying that at all. I just don't want you to put a lot more debt into it if you can get away with it, okay? That's why we kind of gave it that timestamp of like, we need to sit down and figure out really where we want to put our focus. If we're going to have to put money into marketing, where do we want to focus that? And if by the end of the summer, like that's when we're going to reevaluate. So five-ish months to kind Five of more re months. Yeah. see where we're at and reevaluate. And if we need to call it then and move on to the next thing, then yep. that's what we'll do. Yeah. Typically with the business is that, you know, at the six month mark, you usually have to reevaluate if you're, if it's not doing well at six months, it's time to pivot and try something else within that business to keep it going. Right. At 12 months though, if it's still really not going, usually it's time to just, you know what, count your losses, close it and go to the next project. All right. So you got about five more months left until you get, you know, get there. So, um, yeah, it's time to pivot. Okay. It's time to pivot. It's time to integrate these new services into it as fast as you possibly can and try to get it going. I think the small town one is going to be your safest bet in terms of a risk standpoint. It's not going to really require that much to, you know, get that up and running, even get its own office, for example, if you wanted to, if they, you know, if they started really picking up, uh, I'm just thinking from the future here, how easy would it be to get out of that lease there in Louisville? Probably not that easy. It was a three-year lease, yeah. so we've still got a few years left. So it would be, we would have to find somebody to take. Take it over. over the lease, essentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's a risk, right? So, I mean, it sucks. It's one of the risks of starting a business and signing a lease, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, let's just hope that the repivoting, integrating some other services that are fairly cheap to integrate, let's just hope that that will work, all right? And just go from there. I really try to avoid taking out any more debt if you can. You'd be better off getting a part-time job or something and just putting the money into the practice. If you're going to take out any more loans, I don't want you taking out more than like 10000 bucks. okay? And, and that $10,000 needs to be spent on marketing. And I think you need to be very cognizant of where you're spending that money from a marketing standpoint do not hire a marketer they're going to take half that money just to pay for themselves just to that do it yeah just to do it so that means you're only getting five thousand dollars in ad spend right you did it yourself you're getting the whole ten thousand dollars in ad spend correct so you do this yourself when you do these google search ads and the facebook ads and that kind of a thing i want you to really think it through i want you to start at a low budget and i want you to keep an eye on how it's performing, okay? And don't be afraid to scrap it and try something else. Okay. And you decide to get a billboard or two, I really want you to go out there, park your car, sit there for 30 minutes, and view traffic, view people's behaviors in that area. Really put some thought into it, okay? Don't just pull triggers 
and just blow the money. So just be very, very careful. Okay. Just that makes really good. To, like something that seems so simple is like before you pay for the billboard, go see. Go look at it. Look Sit at the there. Right. <laughs> I don't know that I would have thought of that if you didn't tell me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the same thing with like putting some ads at golf courses or whatever. Like get out there and look around. Like talk to people. You know what I mean? Just be very, very cognizant on how you spend your money here because $10,000 when it comes to marketing, I can be gone like a fart in the wind. Okay. It can be gone really quick. Well, that's the thing. If we're looking at, you know, that's what we've talked about. If we had to put another like 10,000 into it, we could do that financially. That puts us personally, as far as my husband and ourselves, you know, that puts us at like kind of our max. Um, yeah. as far as where we want to be takes away more of our reserves so we could do that without having to take the debt side of it okay one thing i did want to ask you because i know i think one of your newer courses is like the medicare assessments so i have seen where those jobs are out there like you can just go do them you get paid like 90 dollars an assessment now obviously if i know with the course i read the description like it involves getting yourself credentialed with insurance companies and getting the contracts and so i'm sure that takes a little bit of time but with us having the more like rural location i just wanted to kind of i guess get your thoughts on would that be something that i could also work on maybe in the background is setting myself up to be able to do those assessments and then maybe setting that up to where it's a different llc to where if the business we're talking about now nothing changes in five months and we do have to call it quits and close the doors you know, maybe I would have this up and going by then that I could have that as like a personal business as far as just wanting to have the flexibility, you know, to have myself as the main child care provider and be bringing in money into the household as well. Uh, I wouldn't go that route. Okay. Yeah. The Medicare home risk assessment is a great business model. It is. It takes a lot of time to get started with it, though. That's what I was thinking. Like it's okay. up front, getting the credential, getting the contracts, that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, I just didn't yeah. know if I could like kind of be working on that and like the background and be focused on adding like the weight loss, like so, kind of if this doesn't work out, then maybe look at it. Then maybe look at it. Yeah, you're looking at six to twelve months to even get started with it, credentialing, okay. getting contracts. I mean, it is it takes some time. So I don't think that you need to go that route. I think you'd be better off just <clears throat> doing men's health out of what you already got. Okay. okay. Yeah. So just try to work with what you have. You've already spent a lot of money on it. You have a building already. You have all of this stuff. Like, let's try to get this thing going. Like I said, do the weight loss. Maybe do some HRT into it, okay? Leave it at that. And then take the 10000 bucks. Very, very focused marketing. And just go from there. That's what I would recommend. But do not dump a bunch of money anymore into this business in terms of any kind of remodels or buying equipment or anything oh, like that. Do not spend any more money on anything else like that. The only thing that you need to be spending money on is like this is the people think about the weight loss, a scale. You need to buy a nice scale. That that's pretty much it, you know? And these don't have to be that nice scale. It'll be a hundred dollar scale. Everything else is coming directly from the compounding pharmacies and being sent directly to the patient. So that's the beautiful thing about it. Is keep this very lean right now. Okay. All right. I can yeah. do that. Yeah. So, so I'll be getting that weight loss course as soon as we get off this call then. Yeah. I'll be yeah. getting started. Yeah. Yeah. So do that. And then just, you know, go from there. You should be able to integrate that within a week or two. Okay. It's very, very simple. So do you have any, any questions? I don't think so. I think it's just very helpful to have somebody 
like you that has the experience. You've talked to so many people and you're able from experience to kind of have those like cut and dry conversations. Like this is where you need to cut your loss. This is where you need to focus. And so I think that's just really what I needed. And I think we got that out of the conversation. So I appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. I think it just, you know, it gives you some focus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So uh, I did episodes with you asking me a question. Do you have any questions for me that you've ever might've had anything curious? So I've thought about this a lot because I listen to all the <laughs> podcasts and I know you ask this question and sometimes people ask you the same thing that have been asked. Honestly, like a lot of questions that I have, you answer in so many of your articles. I think it's just where do you go for that inspiration when you're having a day where you're like, why am I doing this? Which I don't know if you have those. Do you have those still? Of course. You're pretty successful. <laughs> I, I mean, I it's just like, where do you find that inspiration? Like, is there like a quote that you kind of keep in your head, a mantra, anything like that, that you No, I, so the more successful you get, uh, you do lose some drive and some motivation because depending on how content of a person you can be, you know, you get to a certain level and you get pretty content and you say hell with it. I'm like, I'm cool with where I'm at. Right. I'm not quite there yet, but I mean, I, could definitely see myself getting there shortly uh, but uh what drove me i think on those days that you just wake up and just say screw this i don't want to do this you know i just want to go on a hike or something or you know just do something else right um yeah. the thing i think that kept me motivated especially during like you know where you're at like the stage of it growing and just trying to get this thing up and running right was that i would look back where i came from and I told myself I never, ever want to go back to that. You know what I mean? That's what I feel like is what really drove me. Like I would look back at my childhood, you know, how my parents struggled, the struggles that I had growing up because I didn't come from shit. Like we were broke. Like it was poor. It was tough. Like growing up was tough for me. It was not easy. And so I look back at those times. I think to myself about those times. And I say to myself, I'm never going back to that. And I think that's what's just like, okay, it gives me that kick in the ass that I need. You know what I mean? So Yeah, like quit whimpering or whatever it is. You're right. Doing, you know, exactly. And get, get off your- Get to yeah. it. No, and I totally understand that. So like, I'm very fortunate in that my parents came from the same kind of situation that you did. Just multiple kids, very poor, didn't have a whole lot, and they have worked their butts off. And they've yep. always done- you know, I always say that my sister and I, we've always had everything we needed and most of what we want. And we've been very blessed in that sense. And so for me, it's like, I want to do something now that I have my son, you know, I want to build something for him that gives him that. And because I feel like I'm not doing my parents. Yeah. I feel like I'm dishonoring them in a way if I don't not necessarily do more, but at least do the same, if not more for my children. Well, there you go. So, yeah. So that's kind of, so I could see that as like, you know, a yeah. driving goal. Use that. Absolutely. Use that as a motivator. You know, like some people like go on Instagram and look at pictures of, you know, McLarens or Ferraris or whatever. Like, I don't give a shit about that stuff. Like, I don't really care. It doesn't really motivate me, you know? Like, what motivates me is the safety net, being able to do whatever you want, truly having that FU money. That's what yeah. I strive for. You know what I mean? To be able to just be like, hell with this. You could just leave any situation anytime. You can leave any job anytime you want. You can leave any business anytime you want. You can pick up and move anytime that you want. That's true F you money. That's what I want. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. yeah. No, I think uh, 
I think my husband's definitely, I mean, we all are on some level. We want that. But I think my husband, like, he truly, like, we could do that. Like, let's go for it. Yeah, damn right. Yeah. That'd be really nice to just, like, you know, hop on a plane, where, go to the airport. Where do we want to go today? Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, exactly. I get it. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So you just have various motivational factors like that in your life and just, you know, pick and choose which one's most relevant in the situation. It's kind of what I do. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, well, listen, uh, this was a great episode. And uh, listen, small towns are gold. So I would focus on the small town. I really feel like that's probably where you need to focus your energies. And I think if you do that, I think that uh, it'll it'll decrease your risk. And I think that you'll be able to have at least one profitable practice. So that's what cool. we'll do. Awesome. Thank right, we'll you. keep you up to date. All right. You're welcome. Of course. Thanks. Take care. Bye. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode with Kayla. Um, you know, she's struggling a little bit in this business. She's put a lot of money into it. She has some debt associated with it, has two locations, has a lease that she's locked in for three years. You know, revenue hasn't really been where she wants it. So she's struggling in a way. And listen, I mean, a lot of people that start a business, they struggle at first. Like it's part of it. I mean, I've had plenty of times in my business career, in my entrepreneurial journey where I struggled. Okay, it's part of it, guys. Like, it doesn't matter if you already own your own practice and it's successful now, you're gonna struggle. Or if you're starting one, you're gonna struggle, okay? You gotta be okay with that. You gotta be okay with pivoting, though, and changing. So I feel like she needs to focus more on the smaller location. The smaller location is bringing in more money than her expensive city location. Because it's simple, guys. People in small towns need these services. Bring it to them. The demand is high, the competition is low. When you're in a big city, the opposite's true, all right? So I think that if she pivots, offers a couple other services that are cheap to start, okay? Services that have a low barrier to entry, weight loss, HRT, IV infusion, like these things have a low barrier to entry, all right? So if she can integrate that into both of her practices, see what happens. I do suspect the smaller town will be more profitable. If she does this, I think she'll be able to pivot this, change around the trajectory of her business and ultimately succeed, so. I wish her luck and I, uh, I hope to hear from her. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. Quick legal disclaimer. The content of this podcast is meant for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as legal, financial, medical, regulatory, or practice specific advice. For information pertaining to your specific legal, financial, medical, or practice specific needs, please be sure to consult with your lawyer, CPA, medical director, and or your state's practice laws and the most up-to-date clinical guidelines. As always, do your due diligence when it comes to any information found online and in podcasts. The content of this podcast is copyrighted by Galaxy Medical Southwest 2023 and cannot be duplicated, rebroadcasted, or reproduced with out our written permission.